So this morning, I want to talk about probably the most fundamental thing that I could ever talk about concerning humanity from the pulpit, and that is simply relationships matter. Relationships matter. They really do. In fact, everything that we do, the way that we orient our very lives, they all surround our relationships. And these relationships are broken up into four different, four main categories. Our relationship with ourself, how we relate to ourself, our relationships with others, the people around us, our relationship with creation, the very things that God has made around us, and our relationship with God. These four categories sum up our, the main uh, fundamentals of our relationships and they have a fun little demonstration I, I brought up with me here. Probably the heaviest cross I could find in the church. I'm going to set that right here for a little imagery, okay? Our, these four main types of relationships between our self, creation, others, and God can be represented within the shape of the cross. So at the base of the cross here, we have ourselves. This is where we are, planted right at the foot of the cross, glancing up at the holy and then we have one arm of the cross reaching out to others, to the people of the world, the people around us, saying, you are welcomed. And another arm of the cross reaching out to all of creation, saying, you matter. I'm going to care for you. And then the head of the cross glancing up toward God. So in the shape of the cross, we have demonstrated the four main types of relationships that we partake in. And so whenever I say that there is nothing that we do outside of our relationships, I really mean Every, every part of our lives is summed up in one of these four relationships. Your very decision to wake up and come to church this morning was based on one of those four relationships, if not more. Every single decision or action that we do has consideration to one or more of these four different types of relationships. And there is nothing that we do outside of the way that we relate to ourselves, the way that we relate to others, the way that we relate to creation, and the way that we relate to God. Typically, one of those relationships weighs more heavily in our lives, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I want us today to give consideration to all four types of these relationships. And this is why the greatest commandment, which we see in our scripture lesson today, this is why the greatest commandments should be considered extremely deeply. You see, Judaism in Jesus' day recognized in the rabbinic literature and the uh, texts of the rabbi that there were about, uh, I say about, exactly 613 different commandments in the Old Testament, what we consider the Old Testament, 613. And so whenever the uh, leaders of the church, uh, the, the leaders of the, uh, of the religious societies of the day come forward and, and address Jesus and, and ask him to test him, saying, what are the greatest commandments? They know that he only has one of, six, one of three, excuse me, one of 613 different commandments to choose from. And so they want to see which one's he going to draw on. Is he going to take from the Ten Commandments? Is he going to take from the uh, text of Leviticus? You know, where is he going to draw his answer from? What is he going to say? And his answer, which we can see is kind of obvious, was also completely unexpected to the leaders of the day. He says, 
Number one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And number two, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. His answer, both obvious and unexpected, is love. Love is the greatest commandment. And he even goes so far to say, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, look at any piece of instruction provided in the Bible, any bit of it, and it can be summed up in one of these two. Love God, love others as yourself. Every single commandment that God has provided gets summed up in one of these two. All of the instructions of all the prophets, which by the way, there are a lot of prophets out there and they talk about a lot of stuff, it all gets summed up in that single word, love. And so Jesus just sums it up by saying, love is the most important thing you can do. So as we talk about relationships today, I want us to consider that at the intersection of our relationships with ourselves, others, creation, and God, that the very intersection, the place where these four things cross one another, the very place where Jesus' heart rested for a moment, right there is love. That is the crux of it all. That is the most important thing that we can be considering. And so we can't talk about any other aspect of our religious life, of our church life, of what it means to follow God without talking about the importance of relationships. In other words, relationships matter. Relationships matter for each of us. For one, research, scientific research goes to show that good, healthy relationships help people live longer, help people deal with stress better, help have healthier habits in their lives, and can even help fight off colds. Fun fact, if you're worried about getting sick, have healthier relationships, you know, simple diagnosis, I guess. Healthier relationships give us the foundation for meaningful life and largely define our identity. In our individual relationships, whenever we're thinking about how we as people, individuals, relate to both ourself, others, creation, and God, we are basically asking one question. Who do we want going with us on this journey of life? Who do we want with us? You see, life, as it goes, we come to understand is much easier when we're not doing it alone. And so when we have a healthier relationship with ourself, with ourself, then we know that we are committed to this journey, that we are capable of going through this. But if we don't have a healthy relationship with ourselves, then we might not be satisfied with the person whom we are taking on this journey. When we have healthy relationships with others, the people around us, then we know that we were not meant to go on this journey alone. However, if we don't have a healthy relationship with someone, then we understand, it becomes clear, that person's not welcomed on this journey with us. When we have a healthy relationship with creation, which I realize can be a little bit ambiguous because it kind of sums up like everything in the universe and it's meant to, then that means we respect the very grounds that we traverse on in this journey. However, outside of a healthy relationship with creation, we prove that we could care less about how creation has cared for us. And then with a healthy relationship with God, we affirm that we cannot do this journey without God. However, when we lack a healthy relationship with God, then we declare that we feel competent enough to do this by ourselves, which many people come to find out it's a hard journey if we go it alone. 
And so whenever Jesus uncovers the greatest commandments, which, by the way, were nothing new, that was very, you know, very well understood commandments, just had never been told to them as the greatest before. When Jesus uncovers the greatest commandments, he is asking each and every one of us to consider our relationships. And so that's what I want you to do for a moment. I want you to think for just a moment about the relationships in your life that mean the most to you. Go on, actually think about it for just a second. The, The relationships in your life that mean the most to you. And I, I imagine there are a, a couple of things that come to mind. Um, maybe God pops in there. Maybe uh, this community in the church. Maybe family, friends, you know, what have you. Whatever I'm asking, the reason I'm asking you to consider these relationships is to honestly think about how they impact your life. You see, in the greatest commandments, the first being, Jesus says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. To love God means to pursue an intimate relationship with the one who is constantly pursuing us. And so if, if by chance God popped up into your mind as to a relationship that matters to you deeply, then perhaps we have, you have this understanding that that's what you want to pour into. In addition, though, that very commandment asks us to dive in deeper and to take a look at the little bits of God that are surrounding us in all of creation, those little points in which God said that is good. And so by extension, loving God means also loving that which God put forth for us in creation. Then Jesus dives into the second is like it, or the second is equal to it, to love our neighbors as ourselves. To love our neighbors means to uh, be present and active for them, to intentionally prove how much they mean to both us and God. And so if perhaps another individual uh, popped up into your head about relationships that matter or a group of people, then perhaps we have this understanding that those people are worth us investing our lives into because they make a difference in our life. But then... That commandment goes, stretches a little bit. It's not just love your neighbor, it's love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's this implication that to love, in order to love our neighbor, we must also have this amount of compassion toward ourselves in order to love our neighbor appropriately. And that's possibly more challenging than we give credit for. This isn't selfishness. To care for ourselves is not selfishness. Selfishness is to discount ourselves, to deny, to even say that we aren't good enough if we're overtly selfish. But if we care enough about ourselves, then we, we, we cherish ourselves. We take care of ourselves as we would take care of a beloved one. And so if perhaps yourself came to mind in those relationships that we treasure, then perhaps you're on a path toward an amount of peace within your own life. And so In each of these uh, two commandments, Jesus is pointing out that relationships matter because the journey of life is hard and we were not meant to go it alone. Life is hard. There's no denying it. Some people have easier lives than others, but there are still many points along our life in which we just can't do it by ourselves. And so the reason why I'm pointing out relationships today is to help us unpack how much they mean to us. And so, 
this is all, uh, this is part of a, our sermon series on a year of excellence. And that's a concept that basically means this year, 2020, we want to live into more than just a mediocre year. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I personally would rather see a year of excellence than just another boring year. And in order to get into a year of excellence, a year in which is more than just mediocre, a year which means something, then we have to pay attention to these relationships that we have waiting for us in our lives. Our relationship with ourself, others, creation, and God. This is because we need ourself, others, creation, and God to go with us if we want more than just a mediocre year. But it doesn't just stop with ourselves. And here's where we really get into the grind. I believe that this year of excellence can also be for the church. I really believe that. I believe 2020 can be a year of excellence for the entire church. The church universal, despite how many um, rough articles are often out there about the church, for the United Methodist Church, which even though it's facing a, a, a great time of testing and, uh, and in a conference coming up that could decide the fate of the, the future of the United Methodist Church, and for our church here, no matter uh, how you look at our church, I believe that this year, 2020, is going to be a year of excellence for the church. But in order to get there, we have to be willing to focus on relationships. And that is simply because the church is, by definition, an entity of relationships. The very word itself that we get in the Bible, anytime you see in the Bible the word church pop up, it's the Greek word ekklesia. And while that doesn't actually uh, accurately translate as church, it does translate as the gathering or the assembly. In other words, it implies many individuals coming together to make one unity. That's the church. The church relies on, uh, on relationships. The church cannot exist without these relationships, and so relationships must become a priority for us. Just as we as individuals need to focus on our relationship with ourselves, others, creation, and God, so too do we as a church need to focus on our relationships within ourselves, with others, with creation, and with God. And so this is once again asking, uh, having us ask the question, who do we as a church want going with us? To go with us. Because this journey ahead of us isn't one that's just, you know, it's, it's not simple, it's not easy. Being the church has a lot of demands with it. It's a call to transform the world. It's a call to actually be something, not just experience something. It's a call to action. And this call to action to transform the world, to live into something more than just being a building, requires community. It requires relationships. It requires that we recognize how important we are to one another. And so if we as a church want to see a year of excellence, then we need to concern ourselves with relationships. We need to nurture the relationships we have here as a community filled with families and friends, people who care about one another. We need to nurture these relationships. And so in that vein, I even encourage you after worship today to spend one minute, 60 seconds, in a conversation with somebody you normally don't get to talk with that often for whatever the reason might be, but just one minute. If you want to make it five, fantastic. If you want to get coffee some other time, that's even better. 
but just one minute spending time speaking with somebody you don't normally get the chance to because we need to nurture these relationships. It starts within. We can only love others as well as we love ourselves. And so we need to nurture these relationships. Then we need to broaden our scope of relationships and reach into the community around us to recognize that even though Mobile is the most populated area of churches I've ever been to in my life, and I've been to a lot of places in the world, friends, there are a lot of churches in Mobile. Even still, this is also the second most populated city in the state of Alabama. There are plenty of people who are not reached by the church here, plenty of people who have been burned by other churches who are still looking for that community of meaning, plenty of people whom we just haven't, uh, haven't opened our arms to, whether it be this, uh, comp- uh, this complex right next to us, this community here, or up and down Spring Hill Avenue, there's a whole wealth of, of uh, people there, or even this street that runs right beside our church in this little squiggly form. People just right, I mean, within feet of our church that we might not have even reached yet. And so we need to be broadening our scope of relationships and reaching out into the community around us in order to build the church as a community of relationships. We need to find greater opportunities to care for what God has given us. Believe it or not, a majority of the commandments, in the, particularly in the Old Testament, have to do with caring for creation in some way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, care for uh, the animals, particularly farm animals as an agricultural society, caring for the uh, very grounds that the people owned. There are laws in the Old Testament about how often you should rotate your crops, commandments about how often you should rotate your crops in order to even to give the earth time to rest. And now we're not an agricultural society right here in Mobile. If you have some experience with it, then you might understand this. But it's these commandments that let us know that caring for creation around us matters and that it makes a difference. But that could also mean caring for this very building which was erected based off of the elements of creation. That we are called to care for what God has provided us for. And then we need to dive deeper with our connection with God. And this is perhaps the most challenging of, those, uh, of these four relationships because while it may seem like the most obvious when you're in church, diving into a deeper relationship with God demands more of us. It demands that we sacrifice some of our time whenever we live in a very busy society. It requires demanding some of our energy, focusing for a moment on the gentle, soft whisper of God rather than all the noise that surrounds us. It requires something of us. And so we have to be willing to engage with God on this deeper, intimate level that God is seeking us out on. These relationships matter. And the church does not exist without them. And so my question for us today to challenge us is simply, who do we want going with us? Who do we want to go with us on this journey, as a church or as individuals? Because we weren't meant to go on this journey alone. We won't live into a year of excellence alone. So who do we want going with us? I think that if we truly want to answer this question, then we need to look back to the cross. We need to be reminded of why Jesus said, Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was not meant for just a few. 
It was not meant for just the disciples that Jesus surrounded himself with. It was not meant for just those people who would belong to a church at some point in their lives. It was not meant for just a handful of people. I go back to John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for salvation. This moment in which Christ accepted sacrifice on the cross was not just meant for a few. It was meant for all of humanity, for all of creation, for God's entire plan, and even for the love of Christ himself. And so when we glance at the cross and remember our relationships with ourselves, with others, with creation, and with God, I want us to recognize that whether as a church or individuals, Christ wanted all of us on this journey. All of us. Everyone. And so perhaps our relationships need to look the same. Whether as a church or individuals, our relationships with ourselves, with others, with creation, with God, need to be all-encompassing, not exclusive, not saying we'll allow you on this journey if you look like us or think like us or worship like us or whatever that might be, but to be able to say to the entire world, to all of creation, to God, we want you to join us. You see, Jesus invested deeply in the relationships around him because Christ knew better than anyone that relationships matter. They make all the difference in the world. It's the whole reason why you don't really see people living in isolation that often. You don't really see people secluding themselves in the woods to live out their lives. Sure, it happens. But 99% of humanity lives in some sort of community because inherently we know these relationships matter. So maybe it's about time we start caring for those relationships, that we start attending to them with the same love of Christ that Christ himself displays for us in his relationship with us. So if we want to live into a year of excellence, if we want to see 2020 be more than just a mediocre year, then let us build on the vision that we are given by God to reach out in the shape, the very shape of a cross to establish and nurture healthy relationships around us. Let us be that people who say relationships matter. Let us be that people who invest in those relationships wherever the opportunity arises. And if there is no opportunity, then let us make opportunity for these relationships to matter more to us because we can't do this alone. We simply can't. We need to be willing to open our hearts to allow more people on this journey with us. So let us be that people, a community of relationships. And let us pray this morning.